When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' win over the Red Wings as the top line remains in fuego heading into the holiday break. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, time to dive right on in as only a couple days before Christmas and some time off for everybody over the holidays. So uh, let's try not to waste any time here. Uh, joining me once again is CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. How we doing, Tice? How we feeling? Doing much better than uh, after our last episode. It's a lot. It's, I mean, tomorrow or I guess today when people are listening to this, but today is the biggest write-off day of the year. It's the biggest. Everyone's the, the last Friday before Christmas. Everyone's just like. If you show up, you're showing up and you're just, you're putting your eight hours in, you're getting out. So I'm, I'm, I love Christmas. I'm pumped. Nice. Kelly, I, I, that is that like uh, uh pre-signed by Kelly Moore is, I wonder if he listens to the podcast. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm hosting Jets at noon today. So I, I actually have to do, I, do, yeah, do some work. I actually do have to do work, but, but yeah. uh, for most people. Yeah. Oh, okay. I bet. How now? <laughs> On the twenty first, as we're recording this, have you done all your Christmas shopping? I have. Good job. I'm impressed. All right. Yes. What about you? Yep. Got got it. It was a little under the wire, but we we, we got it done. We figured it all out today. Um, also got pictures with Santa and oh. no screams. No screams. Nice. Nice. It's, it's the biggest of all W's. So yeah, I mean vibes are high with the fam. Vibes are high here in Winnipeg because the Jets just keep on rolling after a minor, minor setback on Monday against the Montreal Canadiens. The Jets bounce back in resounding fashion, Tyson, with a 5-2 victory over the Red Wings on Wednesday night. And, I mean, I wonder when it's not going to be the case because it's been the case for eight days now. But the top story, once again, is the top line. Another dominant, dominant performance by Shifley Ehlers Velarde. I'm not going to ask you, are you getting sick of this? Because I don't think anybody's getting sick of watching these three play together. But, 
man, oh man, it's it's something you're getting the feeling that it's something special here, right? Like it's it's a little more than ooh, we got ourselves a a good top line here in Winnipeg. It it might be we might I mean, we might have to go nickname time. We might have to start doing ranking, all that stuff. I mean, these guys are just they're filling the net, and nobody has an answer for them across the NHL right now. Yeah, they are a top five line in hockey at this moment. Ooh, I like it. Without a doubt. I don't even think it's cra- it's crazy Well, should we should we get into just ranking them right now? Cuz sure. I've got like a I've got a list. It's kind of where I was I was trying to lead you with it and then you just dropped a bomb <laughs> one second in. <laughs> so I mean, why why even waste it right now? Um but let's go over some of the top lines in the league and then we'll see if I mean, just kind of doing it, you know, glancing over it briefly. Easy top 10 line, in my opinion, with, with how well they're playing right now. Top yeah. 10 line in the NHL. How high do they go? Well, let's start. I mean, let's go alphabetically here. Anaheim, eh, Arizona, LOL. Boston, Zaka, Marchand, Pasternak. See, like, I mean. I, That's kind of tough. That, that one's, it's a little, like, just because they've got, like, the seniority, Right. Yeah, mm. it's. I mean, I'll, I'll give it to them because let's give it to Boston. Yeah, let's not jump the gun a little bit there. But there have been times too that that those three haven't played together that much this year. So it's kind of I did. I think over the last like twenty games or so, they've been playing together. But they're they're open to moving them up or switching them up every now and then. Yeah, it's, it's exactly just kind of makes it a bit of a of a of an argument. But for now. Well, we'll be, Boston at least is debatable, I think. But we, we can put Boston ahead of Winnipeg right now. Calgary, I mean, they won't have anybody in a couple weeks. Doesn't matter. Carolina, not the same team. Chicago, maybe in a few years. I mean, as it stands right now, I think Colorado with, I mean, with their top trio that they, they they've loaded the top line, and it's McKinnon, Ranton, and Nachushkin. We'll we'll give yeah. the edge to Colorado there. I think yeah. that, I think that might be fair. <laughs> um, but after that, I mean, that might be the best line in hockey right now. Um, it's certainly the most prolific in terms of production at the moment. So I can understand putting Colorado there. Um, Dallas, what do you think about Dallas with Hints, Pavelski, Robertson? Um, I'm gonna say the Jets trio's better. I I just this year is if we were talking last year. I'd probably give it to Dallas, but it's just with Jason Robertson, it hasn't, I mean, obviously he's still having a very good season, but it just hasn't been the same sort of season as last year. Yeah. And like so, it's, for him, it's a quiet point of game. Yes. The whole, the yeah. whole line's at a point of game essentially right now. Yeah. But it's just like you mentioned, it's quiet. It's not like the, where he was borderline MVP level last year. Like that's just, to me, that's a really good line. That's just a little bit below the jets. Um, interesting. I might disagree with that, but that would, yeah, again, debatable. Um, next up, we'll, we'll move past Detroit. I, I mean, I don't know how you do Edmonton because it's like, yeah, well, McDavid, oh. <laughs> but I mean, even like Zach Hyman might be the Oilers' best forward this year, and that's yeah. not even like right. So, I mean, you just, I think we'll, we'll give Edmonton, I mean, you get the, the, all that stuff. Yeah, Edmonton, that's fair. Um, Florida with Barkov, Rodriguez, Reinhardt. Uh, I'm going to give it to them. I'll go. Yeah, I would agree with Florida. Reinhardt's doing the old contract year. I'm going to, 
I'm going to cash in big time sort of a thing. And Barkov's going to win the Selkie. So yeah, that that's a, that's a fair one there to, to push Edmonton, Florida ahead. Um, LA Kopitar, Kempe Byfield. Not yet. I would agree, especially since Velarde party absolutely <laughs> wiped out the Kings a few days ago. Um, after that, I mean, the next closest New Jersey, um, I mean, Jack Hughes is the best player comparing their line to the Jets line, but as a trio, I go, I go Winnipeg still, even though Hughes is amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. Like if we, if let's say Hughes and Heshire switch spots and it was Hughes, Bratt and Palat, that would be, a, that would make it a little bit more closer in my opinion. But as it is right now, definitely Jets over the Devils. And then after that, to kind of speed things up a little bit, I mean, then I think I think we go to Tampa Bay, Point, Kucherov, Nick Paul's up there on the top line now. I mean, yeah, Point and Kucherov's pretty pretty nasty. And Kucherov's leading the league in scoring, so maybe you give a slight edge to, to Tampa Bay in that one. Toronto would be next. Matthews, Nylander, and Matty Nyes. Yes. Yeah, Matthews and Nylander are, yeah, that's, no, yeah, I think you got to go with Toronto, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> there. Um, and then Vancouver, I mean, again, though, this is the tough thing with Vancouver, like, Pedersen's out of this world, but right now, at the moment, he's playing with Mikheyev and Suter, Pius Suter. So, <laughs> it's, it's like, crazy. That he's yeah, like, it's like, guys. I mean, Pedersen's the best player, but as far as a line goes, I think you'd probably rather have the Jets line, as opposed to Pedersen and two... Middle six scrubs, yeah. To, <laughs> to put it nicely, and then finally, Vegas, with at the moment Eichel, Stone, Barbashev. No, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Jets still. That one's a that one's a tough one. That one's a tough one. I mean, but if you look at it as a whole, Tyson, to me, one, two, three. I mean. I would say four to five teams you would definitely put ahead of the the Jets top line right now. But a lot of that is also because you're like almost leaning a bit towards what those groups have done in the past. Like they have a bit more of a track record together as opposed to it's been five games, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's been amazing games, but they just haven't done enough right now to maybe warrant, hey, you know, like we're just going to put them ahead because they've had a great couple of weeks. But I agree. I mean, top 10, they, they've got to be in the top 10, even though there, there's some great lines that we mentioned there. And I mean, if they keep this up, it's going to be it's going to be almost impossible to push them out of one of the five best lines in the NHL. The crappy thing and the crazy thing is how good this line's played. And you're like, oh, it's the third best line in the central division. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but even then, like, they, they, I mean, they've just performed so amazingly well. And it's awesome to have the conversation of, you know, how how filthy is this line in terms of top five, top ten in the NHL? Um, but I mean, I, I look. The, will, will the production slow down? It, it might. I, it's not one of those things where it's like a percentage field bender they're on, though. You know what I mean? Like there's the, the underlines under the hood. It, it matches what everybody's seen out there on the ice. And I mean, there's the chance as they play more and more together, they might even be more effective. And on top of it all, like Velarde's, I mean, it seems like each game he's taking another step. Ehlers is getting more and more comfortable, and Shafley's playing 
maybe as good as he's ever played right now. Like I, I just I don't I don't get the sense that they've peaked. I guess is kind of my ultimate point here that there might be there still might be another level, or at the very least, they maintain this high level over the course of a few more weeks or a few more months here. Yeah, and and I don't even think that that line played out of this world yesterday either. Like I thought that they were just like they had a solid game against the the Waitons. Now production wise, it was a good game for the, for the trio, but like I I don't I still think that we're scratching the surface on what this line can potentially be down the road. Like there's you see the flashes of skill, like that one that one backhand in the slot by Velarde, where it was just where it just ripped that thing. I that was one of the hardest backhanders I've ever <laughs> seen. He, I. I couldn't even. I, when he took that shot, I was expecting it to just be like a flipper over the net, and also he just sends it. Like it was, like the skill that these three have together is really crazy, and the way Shifley's playing, the way Velarde's playing, the way Ehlers is playing, like these three guys, they're really clicking, and it's they know where each other are going to be on the ice. The only at this point, the only like thing that you can really pick apart is the power play, and. I, I think eventually that's going to get going, but like the, that, these three guys just, you have that ability to put a lineup where it doesn't matter what the score is in the game. It doesn't matter how good they've played throughout the game. When you need a goal, you're throwing them out there and you feel pretty good about your chances about that line scoring a goal. And it's just even the little things too. Like there's, we all look at the goals assist and just think, Oh yeah, no, they're really producing, but there's a lot of things that this line's doing that, that is leading to their production too. It's not just they're getting ozone draws and they're feasting oh, off no, no, no. bad yeah. matchups. Like they are putting in the work and the work's paying off and on the score sheet. They're they're just dominant territorially. Yeah. Right? Like they uh, again, I have no notes. Like I don't know what one more you could really want out of those three when it comes to five on five. And the funny thing is, like in that game against Detroit. Essentially, the three of them end up with like a 60% expected goals rate. And that might be an off night for them with how well they played. So like they're just it's it's fun to watch. It's really, really impressive stuff. And yeah, the goaltending's been great over this stretch, but we said, you know, we need somebody to step up with Kyle Connor getting out of the lineup for a while. And boy, oh boy, has the top line ever answered the bell in a massive way. It's kind of it's weird. It's been the top line and the fourth line so far. Yeah. It feels like, you know, not that the other two lines have been bad, but the forward line is just crazy right now. And I, I yeah, you, you know, you, you, you've said this point a few times before, you know, how Janssen Fialbi probably entered the season like 15th on the depth chart, something like that. I don't know how you take him out. Like, well, yeah, he, he, there, there might be a couple guys on this team up front that just got Wally pipped if, if Fialbi's going to keep playing like this. Because, I mean, he's got the flow, he's got the speed, now he's got the hands and the shot. Like, what more do you want out of the guy? They're, they're just having a lot of fun right now, that fourth line. And, and you, first of all, before we talk about the fourth line, you brought up the goal by Fialbi. What a pass by Sandberg. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, a go. crazy breakout pass from there. But, yeah, like, you cannot take Janssen Fialbi out. Ehlers was saying after the game, too, he's like, I haven't seen a guy skate that fast before in my life. Which is funny because he has a teammate that set the record for highest or has the highest top speed yeah. in the game this season. Like, what, what, well, and, and, 
Yon's Fialbi even said too, he's like, well, Elias hasn't watched himself play because he's, but like th- this team has like lots of guys. And I think looking back at the last couple of years, it's not that they didn't have the personnel to be a fast team, but they didn't play that fast style of hockey. And I think this year they've oh, really seen that as, as Flyers fans. Oh yeah. Like, you know, just to kind of like tie it to what Tyson means there. And I know the Flyers got rid of a few guys, but like to watch them as a team, like just kind of completely overhaul how they play. And they went from a slow team to a fast team, you know, adding Sean Couturier, who can barely move up and down the ice, right? <laughs> like it, it was, it's, it's a team wide thing. And that I think is kind of what you're getting at with the jets here, where, in the second half of the year last year, everyone's blowing by them, and you're like, "What's what's going on?" Same group of players for the most part this year, and they just it's when you're when you're clicking, you don't necessarily have to have speedy guys on your team to be a fast team. It shows up right now. The Jets are playing fast, and they're doing so with really really fast Blazers. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I was what what I was gonna say is just that this team is really taking on that mantle of being of really adopting Rick Bonus's system and how he wants his team to play. And it's like, that's teams like that. And like you mentioned, we don't want to talk too much about the flyers, even though we could, but uh, (laughs) like a team like the flyers, they're in the playoff hunt now. And like you mentioned, they subtracted guys from their team. They didn't really add anyone, but it's just when you have that buy-in, it just gives, it just makes things so much easier. Like it's, it's kind of, just layman's terms to say it, but there's no other way to really put it. Like when a team is just clicking together and then all things are firing all cylinders and they really trust each other, that's the biggest sign of a team that can contend for a Stanley cup. Like we always hear about, like, especially in football, you never want to be the team that peaks too early, but throughout a season, you can kind of feel when a team is pushing towards those, that's those Super Bowl aspirations. And I think the jets, the, the Winnipeg jets, not the New York jets, Oh no! <laughs> but the sure? Winnipeg... they, they might sneak. I don't know. You get on the last three weeks. You never know, Tice. Roger, they activated Rogers off IR. He's coming back. But uh, this <laughs> this Winnipeg Jets team just there's something special about them. And we might we kind of said it a little bit last year too, in the first half of the season. But I comparing the way this team feels this year to what they felt like last year after 35, 40 games, I. I think it's a totally different group and you can really see it they they want to play for each other i would be so crushed if they did a second half collapse again because oh. like everyone's believing right now and they like they have a, that oh it would be tough that like it would be really, you really tough. you'd have to absolutely i don't even want to i don't even want to think about it like, yeah. yeah i, I yeah <laughs> like to do it again would just be that's that's rough but since we're going along the macro route here, Tyson, our final episode before the holiday break happens in the NHL. Let's take stock of where the Jets are at right now. 31 games in, number one of the Central Division with 41 points so far. Just a point ahead of Dallas, Colorado. Colorado won more played. Dallas won fewer played. But yeah, as it stands, the Jets are the top dog in the Central Division and only behind Vegas and Vancouver overall in the Western Conference. Their their play 1,000% merits it. And Bones was also completely right earlier this week. Average special teams probably has them battling for the President's Trophy right now. That's 
What's that? Probably leading the race. Yeah, yeah, right. Like he's he's. I mean, he said. I think he said five wins. I mean, even if you want to just do three wins, for example, and you put six more points up on the board, tied with Vegas. There you go. Right. So, pretty pretty wild stuff, though, Tice. That you know, for a club that pretty much everybody thought best case scenario would be third in the division, could still end up being that way. But it feels like at this point, if it is, it's by the slimmest of margins, and there might not be all that much separating one, two, three in the central at the very least, pushing aside whatever goes on in the Pacific. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I I think the Jets are a top three team in the West. Not not even just the central. Like I don't there's I was So what was, you have what, would you have Vegas, Dallas, Winnipeg? Is that yeah. In that I order? I don't I'm not feeling it with colorado this year even if they you make it new- here before, sorry but th- somebody brought this up on twitter and i just found it very interesting a comparison but I, and i i wish i remembered who who sent this out but it was just kind of intriguing or it might have even been on the athletic actually um but somebody said this year's avs team is almost like the 2019 winnipeg jets and that Nathan McKinnon is almost like Blake Wheeler in the sense of if things aren't going right and he senses there's a lack of commitment, it's a terrible group to be around. And I mean, it's hard to argue that's not the sentiment right now when you have Devon Taves calling out players on the team for not being essentially motivated or happy with their effort levels. And then another player calling out a dad <laughs> what if it's like it's just it's not it's it doesn't sound like a great place to be and uh, a very enjoyable uh room to be a part of playing hockey right now so i mean i wonder like there's that part of it that's kind of the intangible and tough to measure how that's going to play out over the course of the year well and that's exactly why they're not in my top three that's yeah for a lack of a better term that locker room is effed up like there is something really going on there <laughs> like it's it is not pretty, and I, I do not and even, like, let's say they add a guy like Lindholm. I don't think it's enough to overcome that stuff. I think that there's a lot of, you you lose a lot of those veteran pieces that you had, like Kadri Landis Cog. Eric Johnson, too, is a big part of that locker room, and he's in Buffalo now. Like, I think that this team's really looking for answers right now. They're looking at guys like Nathan McKinnon and Nico Rontanen, and they're doing their best, but... I think, and that's that's where the frustration kicks in, where Nathan McKinnon and Rontanen are scoring, like, we're the only guys doing anything, and and Kale McCarr, and no one else is contributing. Like this is, and then I think that's going to start to potentially yeah. build a divide. I mean, a lot of season left, a lot of things can still happen. It can't, yeah, it, it can't. To me, it's a bit too. If it was like game seventy, and this is happening, yeah, yes, thirty, and then maybe some deadline additions come in. They've been around the block. I I think that I would agree. I think the Jets, as it stands, thirty games in, I think they're a better team than Colorado right now. I would never have dreamed of that going into the season right now. I, it, it, to me, it's tough to argue against it because they went up against the Avs two times. And in my opinion, basically blew their doors off through 120 minutes. Yeah, no, totally. It's this Jets team really does have something over a lot of these other teams, even LA, like LA, they've kind of been teetering off a little bit from their pace. I'm still not sold on them. I don't, I don't care how good the forward core looks. That defense and goaltending is just so terrifying. It really is. Like, 
you're looking at like Drew Doughty's your best defenseman. And while he bounced back last year and he's still having a good season this year, that's a lot to ask for a guy who looked like he couldn't play hockey three years ago. And then you, who's behind him. And then do you really want to, do you really want to hinge your playoff hopes on Cam Talbot in the playoffs? Like, <laughs> I, no I think they do. <laughs> no, thank you. So I, I totally think that there's a, there's three teams in the West that are a cut above everyone else. Vancouver's close on that edge, I will say. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I do get what you're saying with LA. Maybe just just a smidgen below. I mean, it, it would be tough to pick like them over a Vegas, a Dallas, a Colorado, etc. Vancouver's look, are 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 they uh, I think they they're like a point back of Vegas. Are they that good? I don't think so. But like, if they went up against Winnipeg in a seven-game series, to me, that's a coin flip. Like that—that's a. I think it would be extremely close. So I, I, I think Vegas or I think Vancouver is right up there. Um, I just there's been so much discourse about. Oh my gosh, their PDO is so high. Like, what's a, I know never gonna right all all that stuff. It's like, look, they've got they've got a number one centerman that's out of this planet. They've got a defenseman vying for the Norris. And a goalie vying. They basically got one guy in each position yeah. vying for the best at their position this season. So it's like it's always tough for me to pick against those teams. And they've got some depth there. So I like I, I think Vancouver. I mean, look, I picked them to win the division like an absolute genius before the season. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them as long as I can. Well, but, and sorry, like I just I hate it. I agree with you that PDO stuff is so dumb about the Canucks where it's just like well there's no there's no way that they're going to keep this up all year like w- why not like they could some of those players that they're playing in past their career norms right now maybe they're entering the new norm of their career with those are the numbers they put up right like you look at Jonathan Marcheseau and yeah he his advanced stats were, were solid but who would have thought that he'd be a 70 point player winning the con Smythe you know what I mean? Like it's just some players get better sometimes. Like yeah, well, I I think the main thing like is look as it they they had the highest shooting percentage, the highest save percentage by a team in like a long long time. Obviously, they're not going to do that all year long, but they did it. So they don't have to play all that good the rest of yeah. the year to finish second in the division, right? So like uh, to me, I don't really care. I, I'm not going to say that they're the best team in in the West because I don't think they are but I really don't think they're all that far off now. Like, I mean, they've just, they've, they've got high end pieces there. They're going to be, they're going to be in the mix. Come, come playoff time. I, I just don't, I don't see it happening any other way, um, but it'll be intriguing to see. I mean, it's also fun too, because as, as we head into January soon, you know, the athletic released their trade bait board 2.0. It's kind of bare. <laughs> it's a little scary. Like as, at least for high end options. It's basically like the Calgary Flames pending free agents. And then there's not a tongue after that. So it's 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 going to be intriguing. We, we might have to do a whole episode on just like what what the targets need to be and, and who that could potentially be. Because I'm not a big fan of going big for for rentals. But if those are the only high-end guys on the market, then maybe this is the year you make an exception for that. And if it's a Lindholm or a Hannafin, like 
maybe you just get one of them and, and see what happens. At the very least, you're taking them away from a Colorado or a Dallas too. So, yeah, there's the fun part is there's going to be a lot of intrigue on how this season plays out over the next 51 games for the Winnipeg Jets. But no doubt about it, they have firmly put themselves into the mix. And uh, tough to argue otherwise when you are sitting atop the division nearly halfway through the season as it stands right now. Um, only one more game for the Jets actually before the holiday break will officially kick in for them. And it's a doozy. Talk about a beauty Friday nighter. Jets Bruins. I mean, I, I, I always feel, I, I said this with Huss uh, earlier this week, there's something about Boston coming to town that gets that gets the rink a little extra jazzed up. Like There's going to be some juice Friday night, not just because our buddy Diddy's going to be down there, <laughs> but they're, 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 there's going to be there's going to be a ton of juice down at Canada Life Center Friday, and it's uh, the Bruins are always kind of like the ultimate litmus test. But it's nice too because it's like I don't know they don't really need a litmus test right now because they're playing as good as any team in the league. Yeah, this is just two heavyweight teams right now going at it, and I'm I'm fully expecting this to be the most the highest attendance of the season. With like you add in that there's a large yeah. Bruins contingency too. I'm thinking we're cracking thirteen and a half, thirteen thousand five hundred fans. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna I'm I might be getting a little ahead of myself, but maybe we get past fourteen. Maybe, just maybe. So, yeah, we're we're on a tra- upward trajectory, right? So it doesn't matter. It's it's gonna thirteen fourteen. It'll keep climbing. It'll keep climbing, and we'll. We'll get back to where we need to be a few more months into the year, so no worries there. But uh, that's going to be a beauty. Really, really excited to see that game. Um, yeah, that, that's that's going to have to be. Uh, if, if you're not at the game, that's a uh, you know, don't bother me. I am. I've got plans for two and a half hours here. So let's just everybody stay focused. Maybe a pizza, maybe some some DoorDash, whatever it is, and we just we we sit down and we watch some puck for two and a half hours. So. Uh, excited to see the Jets take on the Bruins Friday night. But that's going to do it for the episode here. And um, that's going to do it for us for a little bit. We'll uh, take some time off over the holidays. So we won't be back at it Tuesday morning. Um, but we will get back at it one week from today. So uh, next episode coming out Friday morning, which will be the 28th. And just checking the Jets schedule here. They got a game 27th on the road against Chicago before back to back to wrap up the calendar year against Minnesota. So we get the wild for the first time this season. So we'll get back at it on Friday morning instead of Tuesday morning. So check us out at the end of next week for your next episode. Until then, though, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. And, of course, hope you guys have a great Christmas, a great holiday season. Stay safe. Have a great time. Enjoy uh, a couple cold ones and some great food with friends and family and all that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys late next week. So, again, happy holidays, everybody. We'll talk soon. Peace.